Fantastic. Appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. Thank you, Keith, and for whoever else had to juggle things to uh, to make it possible for me to be able to share today. We we've been on the move since we've been back, and uh, it just kind of came to light towards the end of last week that uh, we might be able to get back to Grace, you know, this Sunday. So we quick sent an email to Keith, and very graciously he just said, "Yeah, we can we can make that happen." So. It is a privilege for me to be able to, to be here, to be with you, to worship with you, uh, to share a little bit about what's happening with us, and to be able to share what God has been pounding into my mind for over the last several months. So this is, whenever I share, it's always about what God is teaching me and you know, what I'm learning through uh, you know, my reading or my walk with Jesus. I have no idea what he's doing in your life, nor is it any of my business to know what, what God's doing in your life. So I don't, don't hear anything today that, that is you know, me thinking that this is what you should be doing because it, that's not what it is. We, um, uh, as Keith said, we've been at RBA, Rip Valley Academy, for the last 10 years, nine years, I guess it is. This is year number 10. Hard to believe it's been that long that we've been away from grace. Um, but we felt that the Lord was leading us to something different. I think I shared that about a month ago when I was here. We had applied uh, for a visa to move to South Africa, and we were going to work in a, uh, the office down there in administrative roles, uh, supporting the missionaries in the southern part of Africa. And the, the uh, original volunteer visa that we had applied for, we were denied, and so the mission asked us, would you go back to the States, apply for a different visa there, and we'll see if that uh, does the trick. So that's what we came back for, and uh, we've applied for that visa and earlier this week, we've heard back that, that that visa has also been denied. So we are in the middle of wondering what is next. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, I, I wish I had something more definitive to, to share with you today about our future. But what, where my mind just keeps going is back into Genesis when God first introduced himself to Abraham. And uh, he said, Abraham, I've got something for you. I, I, I've got something for you. It's great. It's, you know, it's, it's awesome. Uh, your first step is to just start walking. And he doesn't tell Abraham where to go. And he doesn't tell Abraham when he's going to stop. He just start walking. And I feel like that's where we are. And, and, and so, you know, our response to this is uh, let's just keep walking. And I think the Lord in his timing will make it clear what is the next step for us. And as he does, we'll be happy to share that with you. Um, but, it, you know, in some senses, it's it's a little disheartening, you know, because we've been living in transition for the last six or seven months. And we can see now it's going to be several more months ahead. Uh, and yet at the same time, it's it's a faith walk. And it's actually a great place to be knowing that, you know, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, you know, and and we're going to just look to the Lord for uh, for guidance and strength and and wisdom. And, uh, and just leave it at that. And so we're on our faith journey. Uh, so we'd appreciate your prayers and just know that we are praying uh, with all of you as well in your ministry here. Um, all the, the, the process of, you know, the transition and, and everything that we've been uh, working through, uh, we've been at different conferences, we've been reading different books, we've been in God's Word. I can't tell you how many different ways the Lord has put this concept of sowing in front of me. It's all in the parables. It's, you know, the motif of uh, farming, you know, planting seeds and having things grow and, and how that motif is applied to so many different areas of life and of our Christian walk. 
that's you know kind of where I want to go today. So if you'll take your Bibles, uh, open to Genesis. I'm sorry, not Genesis. Galatians starts with a G, though. Galatians chapter six, and uh, we're going to start in verses seven and eight. Uh, Galatians chapter six, verses uh, seven and eight. Very simple, basic. I actually I may read a few more verses in that because. Uh, I can never decide what I want to do, so everything may change. The outline that's in your bulletin today, it may apply, it may not, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, uh, but I just kind of go with the flow here. So uh, Galatians chapter 6, uh, starting in verse six, uh, or in verse 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I, I, I read this, and, and all during this you know, time, God has been, been impressing upon me this concept of sowing. Or if you, if you don't like that word, we could say investing. You know, just think, and think of, uh, of financial terms. I know some of you think that way. I'm, I think financially, some, well, sometimes. As a missionary, you don't think of it a lot, but... Um, <laughs> I'd like to think financially. Uh, but if you think about investing, we get that concept. We get the concept of investing. We make decisions now and that things are going to grow over time and that we just really kind of have to be patient and wait. And that's the same principle or the same concept that's being taught here, uh, but it's applied in more than just financial things. So the principle of sowing, I want to just begin right there. And so when I look at Galatians chapter 6, I see several things right at the beginning. I see two warnings, and then I see the principle laid out. So warning number one is don't be deceived. Okay, don't be deceived. Well, what does that mean? I, as I, you know, I, I think about, you know, me, and uh, I, I've seen in, you know, my time in working with people is that, that there's some, a lot of thinking out there that just says, well, uh, I understand the rules, and the rules are good for you, but they don't always apply to me. So sometimes we, we look at things in life and we just say, well, okay, I, I'm more of the exception to the rule. Uh, you know, my circumstance is a little bit different than anybody else's. So God's principles are, or whatever it might be, they apply, but there are some exceptions to the rule. And God said, don't, don't be deceived. You know, don't fool yourself. Don't, don't look at things that way. Don't, uh, don't let the world or don't let culture speak in and say, well, you deserve something or you, you, you're worth this or, you know, whatever the, the world or the culture speaks into our lives that are, it's more self-centered. Don't be deceived by any of that. Okay, warning number one, don't be deceived. Number two, God's not mocked. God says, here's the principle. This is, this is truth. I'm laying it out. I'm telling you like it is. Don't think that you can short circuit it. And don't think that in the short term, you're going to, you know, do something different than my principle says. It may look like you're getting away with something. It may look like someone else is benefiting by not following the rules. But don't be deceived. I will not be mocked. My truth is truth. And it will be that way, period. So those are the two warnings I want us. And that's not just Warnings that apply to this principle. We can apply those warnings to any principle that God lays out in his word. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. What I'm saying is true. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's up to you. Here it is. And then he gives us the principle. and says, uh, a man reaps what he sows. Now, we could, 
We could say that a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's helpful to be able to say that in different formats. So I, I just you know, wrote down a couple of different ways that we could rephrase that that might help us understand the dynamics of this principle. So first, num number one, I said, all right, you get what you plant. Okay, very simple principle. If I go out in a garden and I plant roses, what should I expect to get? It's not hard, right? If I'm a vegetable gardener, okay, I want corn, so I plant beets. No, if I want corn, I want, I'm going to plant corn. It's a very simple principle. So saying it that way helps us understand you get what you plant or you get what you sow. So we've got, that kind of leads us to think, well, okay, maybe I better pay attention to what I'm sowing. You could say it the other way, and I even just gave it away a little bit. You don't get what you don't plant. Okay, so let's say I want vegetables, but I don't do anything about it. Am I going to get anything? It's a very simple principle, okay? We get the idea. You plant, or you get what you plant, you don't get what you don't plant, and then we could actually turn it another way, and we could say, you don't plant one thing, and expect to get something else. So that was the, the one I just gave away. So you, you, you can't go, in, go through life saying, okay, well, I want this, but I don't want to work towards it. It's kind of like the way we approach dieting, isn't it? Okay? I would like to diet. I'd like to lose a few pounds, but I want to do it by not exercising, and I want to eat anything that I want when I want, and I really don't want to have to apply all the rules that go, you know what I mean? So don't be deceived Okay, God's principles, same way, you know, let's just make sure we understand what God's saying here and that we are obedient to the principle that God has laid out here. So that's, that's number one. So when I begin to, to break down, okay, I get this concept, this principle of sowing. Where am I supposed to apply that principle? And I think we can, we can apply that in so many different ways. In fact, God's word tells us that we should apply that principle in many different ways. Number one, we apply it in our daily walk with Christ. You know, we, you know a man reaps what he sows in his walk, in his spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. You want to know God? Do you want to know God's principles? Do you want to know, uh, you know all of the things that God lays out about how to live? Then you've got to know that, you know, you've got to be intentional about that. You've got to be planting towards that. So number one, it's your walk with Jesus Christ. Number two, another area where we apply this principle is in our daily living, in our relationships with other people, our relationships with our spouse or our kids or our families and, and how we live life, either running our business or in school and, you know, the, the ethics that we choose or not choose to abide by. In all of the, the areas of daily living, this principle still applies. It applies in everything. God says, all right, I've laid out a number of things that if you want to be blessed by God, if you want, you know, my blessing, you want to see good things happen in your life, here is how you do it. And then the third area that God has really been impressing me, especially on this journey, because our journey was moving from a support ministry of education for missionary children more to a hands-on of the missions wants to see the unreached and those that haven't been engaged with the gospel yet. Who's going to speak to them? And we were beginning to, to move and hopefully our, our, our journey will continue to take us to those that have never heard the gospel. And this principle of sowing and reaping applies in the spread of the gospel as well. So those are the, the three areas that as we 
you know, unpack this principle a little bit here and, and ways that we, we work. I want you to be thinking in all of those areas because that applies to every one of us. The idea of our walk with Jesus Christ personal to every single one of us. The, the relationships, the daily living, all of us are there. The sharing of the gospel, whether it be, you know, here in Chalfont or whether it's, you know, across the pond over in Africa or wherever it might be, we're all called to do that. That's all an important part of our daily obedience to what God has said. So what do we sell? Uh, As we continue to read, even in Galatians 6, and we could go a lot of different places here. um, It it says, you know, a couple of different things that we could sell. Look at verse 8. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So there's a, a, a... you know, a, a contrast there of where, you know, what we should be sowing towards. And, I, and that, it's a, a simple one. I, I don't need to explain that. I think everybody here understands, you know, we could be sowing for our selfish desires. Okay. And you're going to reap what you sow if that's where you're sowing. But you can be sowing towards obedience to God's word in all these areas. And you can expect to reap uh, a benefit from walking God's way. I mean, it, it's, it's just plain and simple. So we, what should we sow? We could think about good deeds to others. Okay, looking at verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Even the next verse, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So what should we be sowing? Well, we should be sowing, you know, d- good deeds to other people, serving one another. Uh, we could go through scripture, bearing one another's burdens, pray for one another. Uh, you know, when a, a brother or a sister has fallen into sin, you go and rescue them, basically, is what scripture tells us. There's, there's all different dynamics like that. Uh, in our personal walk, you know, just that concept of abiding in God's word daily. Uh, God keeps bringing me back to that concept again and again and again, the importance of abiding. If we want to be obedient to God's word, we've got to know what it says. And then having that relationship with Jesus and a relationship with the Spirit that will speak into our mind and, and guide us and direct us at just the right moment. For, even for me to be able to recognize the opportunities where I have to be obedient in other areas of my life. To recognize those teachable moments with my kids. To recognize when I'm going down a, you know, a road that could be sowing something that I don't want to reap later on. So abiding is such a key part. You know, that's another part of, of, of sowing. And, of course, we should not be sowing towards self-indulgence, our sinful nature, uh, discord, disunity, all of those things that are described there. What's the next natural question for me, then, is to, to just think about, all right, well, I, I, I know what I should sow. Well, how do I do it? You know, I'm, I'm more of a hands-on guy. Okay, let, let's get to the nitty-gritty here. Tell me what, what I'm supposed to be doing. Tell me how I'm supposed to do this. So th- I have five things here. Uh, I don't know if that, you know, those of you that have taken, you know, sermon courses, that's probably a terrible thing. You know, three points and nobody's going to remember this. I don't know, whatever. I don't care. Um, You get it because this is what God's teaching to me. The first one I want to share with you is not anything that you do. You just have to understand this concept. How do we sow? Well, you just have to understand that no matter what you're doing, you are constantly sowing. It's inevitable. Whether you do it intentionally or not, whether you realize you're doing it, whether, you know, you are constantly sowing in your life. 
If you're being intentional about it and you want to be obedient to God's word, then great, then you're sowing in a good place. But if you're not thinking about that or you don't care about that, then beware, you are constantly sowing something that you are going to reap later on. So how do we sow? Just remember that no matter what you're doing, you are constantly in a state of sowing. That's the first one. Second one is a word I've already used, but I think it's important when we think about how we should sow, and that is that we should be sowing intentionally. Intentionally. We should be thinking. We should be strategizing about how we sow. And I'll give you an example. A lot of you know I'm an outdoors kind of guy. I love to hunt, love to fish. Um, I have two boys, two girls, and I uh, love to, you know, to have my hunting and fishing buddies. So for all my kids, you know, I want them to have a love for the outdoors. I want them to have the same uh, interest and desire to, to go out and do things with me. So when my kids were little, I had to think very strategically, very intentionally about I wanted them to love these kinds of things. Now, little kids and fishing line and hooks don't go well together. You understand that. So, you know, there was some, there was some, you know, thinking about that, especially my boys. I wanted them, you know, to love hunting. Now, I, I'm, you know, the kind of guy that I, I'll get up early. I'll sit in the rain or I'll sit in the cold and I'll sit three, four, five, six hours. I'll, you know, I like, they did not enjoy that when they were little. So I knew that there was going to have to be a little sacrifice on the front end if I was going to get to my goal on the back end. So I began to think about, okay, what makes it fun for these kids? Well, you've know, got to go in warm weather. We've got to do something fun, and you've got to have snacks. You know, snacks, snacks, that's important. So I have my little, little bag to, you know, put my snacks in there, and we would go in, and I'm telling you, there probably wasn't a deer within 50 miles of us by the time we got done banging stuff and, you know, singing song or whatever we did. Man, but we had a good time, and when the snacks were gone, it was over. Time to go home. So that's what we did. And, and as they got a little bit older, we began to go a little bit longer, maybe do a little bit less snacks, a little bit less other stuff, a little bit more hunting kind of thing. And it was just uh, uh, three years ago when I was back, I took my boys out for a whole week, and it was brutally cold that week. But they did it. And each of them got a deer, which was, all, was like a bonus kind of thing. Uh, and they were hooked. And then even just this past fall, my uh, oldest son was, uh, was in college, but uh, JT was with me, and uh, we had a ball together. So I've now, I've got hunting and fishing partners, but it took some thinking and some intentionality in order for me to develop that. Now, do we approach our lives with that kind of intentionality? Areas of our lives, no problem. There are certain things that I'm sure will all of us do. But do we look at our walk with Jesus with that kind of intentionality? Do we look at our relationships with our spouse? Maybe in the dating process we thought like that, but it's so easy to just get comfortable and to, to forget that, you know, you really should keep working at that kind of stuff. Thinking about your kids, you know, and, and the, being intentional about, you know, the conversations that you have and, and what may be uncomfortable now, but if we can work through that uncomfortableness and it becomes just a natural fiber of our relationship, wouldn't it be wonderful? Do we think intentionally about that? And then thinking about the gospel, do we think intentionally about the people that need to hear the gospel? Now I had to get to a point where I'm realizing, you know, the unsaved aren't going to come walking through those doors. 
most likely. You might get a few here and there, but they're going to come to Jesus Christ as a result of a relationship that we build in their lives. So we have to be intentional about building a relationship with people. And then we also have to be intentional about sharing the gospel with them. And we hear a lot of talk about, well, lifestyle evangelism, well, they'll, they'll see Jesus through me. Well, yeah, but they need to hear. They need to hear the gospel message. They need to hear about who Jesus Christ is. So are we prepared for that? And we were at a, a conference just a, a few months ago where, you know, the, the conference was all about sharing the gospel and, and building church planting movements. Uh, where, you know, you share the gospel with someone, they get saved, they immediately begin sharing the gospel, and it becomes a movement where we start, you know, multiplying on a, you know, and it's happening all around the world. It is happening. It sounds counterintuitive to some of the things that we do in church, but it is happening. And and at that conference, it it began to challenge, well, what is it that keeps us from sharing the gospel? Well, we don't mix with people. So how do you think strategically about mixing with people? So do you, do you, you get out to your neighbors? Do you, you know, what do you do? I'm thinking, you know, what would I do? You know, what, what are some things that I would enjoy doing or I could mix with people? And some of the thoughts that came to my mind, I love sports. So I couldn't, I coach maybe some of the little league or something like that, where I get to know families and spend time with them like that. That may be an area that I would be you know, good at, I think. I love the outdoors, shooting, fishing. Okay, how can I incorporate that, those activities into reaching others for the gospel? How do I do that? So, I mean, we can begin to think about, you know, ways, and all of us are, are gifted differently. We all have different interests, and that's why God's given us all these things, not just for our own personal enjoyment, but so that we could use those as tools to get into other people's lives to share, share the gospel. Second thing is like, well... What do I say? You know, well, if, do you have a, a gospel presentation that you're comfortable with? I know I had to sit there and think, well, I know the gospel, but, but I, I haven't practiced it. So Jill and I, you know, came from the conference. One of the things that we had to do is, you know, we had to practice our gospel presentation. You know, drawing pictures and making it, you know, simple, getting familiar with it. So it just comes like this. So on a nightly basis, we'd be sharing the gospel with each other, getting saved every night. It was fabulous. It was, you know, we, but we got very comfortable with it. And from time to time, we still, you know, just practice so that it's right on the tip of our tongue. Because a lot of times you just get scared. You get nervous when you, uh, you know, I know I should share the gospel, but I, how do I get into that conversation? And then even thinking strategically to the point of saying, all right, the people that I'm trying to share the gospel with, what are they dealing with? So in Africa, there's a lot of um, uh, animistic beliefs, uh, you know, the beliefs of ancestral worship and uh, all of that enslavement. Uh, there's, you know, shame is a big uh, aspect of life, uh, all of those things. So when we were looking at the gospel presentation you look at the people that you're presenting to and you say, okay, what are some of the issues and how do I incorporate answers to those issues right in my gospel presentation? And so our presentation in Africa, although the message is the same, it's still Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. 
But the presentation on the words that we choose to use will be different than what maybe you would do here. But thinking intentionally and strategically about your gospel presentation. And then what happens at when someone says, yes, I'd like to know the Lord. What happens next? Are you ready for that? And, you know, that we have to begin to think about a whole, you know, uh, discipleship program of maybe eight or ten times that we meet with someone to, to disciple them with some of the basics of the truth and then equipping them with that same knowledge to say, now you go share that. Because in reality, there's no way in the world we are going to reach the world. We will reach someone who will then reach someone who will then reach someone. And that's how it multiplies. And that's the concept that we were building. Intentionality is another aspect of how we should sow. Not all my points are that long, so don't get nervous. Patiently is the third uh, way that we should sow. Understanding that things are not instantaneous. We've heard this before in church. You know, we live in an instantaneous world. You know, we want, you know, messages. We want instantaneous contact. We want to know what's going on, all that. You know, God doesn't work on that timetable. Patience. Growth takes time. Benefits don't always come right away. Benefits may not necessarily even come in this lifetime. We have to understand God's economy here of how he deals with his people. And so another aspect of our sowing is that we we sow very patiently. And then the last two, I think, apply especially so towards reaching the unreached or reaching the lost. We should sow um, wastefully. Now, we you talk about sowing, everybody here that is familiar with Scripture knows about the parable of the sower. Okay, Matthew chapter 13. Let's go there for a minute because I want to show you a little illustration uh, of what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 13, okay, starting at verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. I look at this farmer, and I'm like, This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Because when I farm, when I plant, when I garden, I don't know what term, I don't think I'm a farmer. But, you know, I get my my garden all tilled up nice, and I make my rows, right? So I got my rows of whatever, you know, nice and straight, and I put my seeds in one at a time. Okay, my little farm. Maybe I'll just kind of, get lazy after a little bit and just kind of throw it all in, in but I still get it in a nice straight row right because part of gardening for me is not all about the food but it's also about beauty do you get that picture in this parable do you see this what this farmer's doing this farmer looks and he's just kind of grabbing seed and just here we go I am farming I am planting seed and wherever it goes it goes wastefully as if there was no concern about how much seed he had. He's stowing wastefully. doesn't care where it goes because it's landing on the path. It's landing on rocky places. It's landing on all that. Think about that application 
as we think about those people in our sphere of influence, how are we supposed to sow? We sow wastefully. We're not the ones to judge what kind of soil potentially that seed is landing on. So I could look at you and I could say, well, you're looking kind of rocky. Or maybe you're like the hard path. No, I don't want to waste the seed there. But who are we to determine what kind of soil is in that heart? Is it our job to determine that? What's our job? Just be chucking seed. Chucking seed wastefully. That concept really has hit home with me. There's far too many times I look at people and I say, I don't know if it's worth the time and the energy. Ah, mm." I make that judgment call myself instead of letting God do that. That's God's job. God's the one that tills that soil, not us. We just plant. We just throw that seed. And then the last thing that I want to share with you is also um, we should share urgently. Um, for some reason, I didn't write down the, the scripture verse, but there's another place where Jesus says to his disciples, you know, you look at this field that's in front of us and you say four months until the harvest. But I'm telling you, you look at this field of people that I'm looking at right now and the harvest is plentiful right now. Again, let's not make the judgment about where we should plan or where people are. We sow wastefully and we sow urgently. Because when I look at the end of that parable, and I understand uh, maybe this is an application that might be too, I may be taking a step too far, I don't know. When I look at fields, there is a time to harvest. And if you don't get it, what happens? You miss that opportunity to harvest. And I'm wondering if maybe that's what's happening in people's lives too. That maybe God has worked with them and gotten them to a point where they are ready to be harvested for him. And he's brought us to the situation. And here we go. I've got you guys together. And we fail to do our responsibility. And next thing you know, that opportunity is lost. And what happens to that person? We need to sow urgently, wastefully, patiently, intentionally, and understand that we are sowing constantly. Now, the other thing that God's been teaching me about Scripture, uh, I, I can't read Scripture without, you know, at some point during the week, uh, that verse in James that just says, you know, uh, don't be just a listener, but be a doer of the Word. So how do, I, how do I apply that? How do I, you know, get in my abiding time and I read through Scripture and then leave there with the appropriate response? And I've been learning to just, okay, as I read what should I then expect? What should I expect to happen? Uh, so, you know, as I apply that principle here, you know, let, let's just kind of look at that for a minute or two and then we'll be done. What should we expect to happen when we sow according to God's principle? Okay, a man reaps what he sows. What should we expect? When we look at that Matthew 13, it says, you know, these seeds are, are growing. In three of the four fields, those seeds grow. So one of the things that I think we should expect is that God, God's truth is going to grow. When we sow, whether it's in our relationship with Jesus Christ, whether it's in our, our daily living, or whether it's sowing the gospel, we should expect growth to happen. Now sometimes, I'm still not sure how to interpret the 30, 60, or 100 times. 
But sometimes things grow and you get a little bit of a harvest. And sometimes things grow and you get a bountiful harvest. And, you know, maybe I don't know exactly how that applies in all areas. But I do know that when we do things God's way and we are obedient to God's truth, we should expect growth and a multiplying of that seed. Number two, we should understand that growth takes time, but the harvest will come. And it may not come, as I said earlier, it may not come in this lifetime. It may not come in our timing. That, that uh, growth, that, that harvest may actually be something that comes later, but that is important. Number three, our reward may come in this life, but that is not guaranteed. We should not have expectations of Okay, I'm going to do it. Now, God, you you have to bless me and then bless me in this way. And then that last one, what should we expect? Just some of the things that we've talked about earlier. There is always ripe fruit somewhere when we share the gospel. So do we look at our world? Do we look at our sphere of influence and say somewhere out there, there are people that if I share the gospel with, they are going to respond to it. I've just got to find them. I have a responsibility to be planting that seed. Do we look at things from that perspective? Because I believe that's what Jesus has been teaching. So I encourage you to walk with me in this journey. If this has been beneficial to you, great. I hope it's so. But this is where God has been leading my mind. And um, my prayer, wherever this journey leads us, is that we would simply be obedient to what God uh, has called us to do in light of this uh, th- this principle of sowing. Let's pray together. Lord, we're, we're always privileged to be able to freely come into your house, to be able to, uh, without fear of persecution, uh, worship your name and proclaim the name Jesus um, in, uh, loudly and boldly. We thank you, Father, that we can learn truth from what you have revealed to us from your word. We thank you that you have given us uh, principles to live by. Would you help us to be obedient? Would you guide us this day and the days forward as we think about being intentional in the way that we sow in our lives and the lives of other people? Oh, Father, we just ask that we would be faithful to you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.